Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News. Thanks for taking the time to get the latest updates from your CMD Tower News team. I'm Mr. Comet number five. And I'm Murphus. And now it's time to hear about... So I don't have any games to talk about today. Um, weekends have been insane, traveling, um, and I played games like two or three weeks ago. And yeah, I could have taken notes, but let's be honest. I've been doing this bit for two and a half years. I never take notes. I tried. I forget. I'm just trying to have fun. So what I thought I would do is I did announce on our Discord about a week ago um, a special thing we're going to be doing in the month of April on Brews and Builds. And that will culminate in our Twitch stream on CMD Tower's Twitch channel, May the 2nd. With uh, Commander Cookout's Brando, uh, our very own Vic Tuck, and longtime supporter and artist of the channel, Marketing Ross, with the Partner Non-Partner Legend Challenge. Where essentially, I know people have always kind of said like, oh, I wish this card could be partner. And it's like, oh, that's busted. You do all the gross things with it. And I definitely come from the place of not everything is just inherently busted. Like, come on. Like... Maybe, maybe, maybe. So that's where this could be fun is, hey, just take cards we already have in our collection, build what you find would be interesting, and then let's just see if it inherently becomes busted. So I've had a couple ideas, Murphus, and I just want to throw them to you. And you give me one word, busted, not busted, and then a couple sentences on justification. All right. Just be a little game we do. I'm ready for it. I'm here. I'm here for it. So the biggest thing that I've been challenged in my path to 32 is the non-green color pairing, basically Brea, because I find Brea boring and I find all of the other combinations of those colors boring as well. So idea number one, Narset the Enlightened Master with Tushiro Umazawa. Narset all likes the non-creature spells, which could be a lot of instants that I'm casting for free. They go to the graveyard, and a lot of those could make people sacrifice creatures and now have access to black. It could be destroying creatures. And then Tushiro, when they see those creatures die, I get to cast them again. Just like some weird spell slinger from the graveyard shenanigans. Busted, not busted, and why? Uh, with Narset, you have to put the guardrails on, man. Narset is an inherently busted deck. Have you built Narset? Have you played Narset before? I've Have you, I've, have I've you read Narset the card played. before? I have. I have. I've actually refused to build her because it seemed too easy. Right. Like you're you're playing all the cataclysms, time walks, time yep. stretch, whatever, expropriate. Whatever you whatever you want. Mm-hmm. If you can put the guardrails on though and and really get into doing some weird like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna nuke the board, give a bunch of my instance flashback, like let's rock and roll, that sounds sick. Uh I, w- right. I would say it'll it'll border on busted. Okay, okay, fair. Idea number two. Athreos God of Passage with Jora of the Get To suspending the big, big creatures and stuff. But then when they die, it's like, haha, you want to pay? You want to get lightning bolted? Or can I have it back to hand? And then I can maybe suspend it again and maybe suspend it. Or I do they No, They go straight to the battlefield, right? Yeah. They go straight to the battle. Yeah. So, or no, the whole life, they return to your hand. Okay. That's what I thought. So it's all about suspending the big stuff like Jorah once, but then Athreos is there as a recursion outlet for the big things that I invested in. Busted, not busted, and why? Uh, sweet. That's the third option we never gave was sweet as hell. 
that sounds super cool and uh, like a really unique use of Athreos. Because like we've all seen like okay. the Game Knights Athreos decks where it's like, welcome to my Shadowborn Apostle dot deck yep. kind of thing and try to turbo out some things. But that sounds super sweet. I don't know how good it'll be, but it'll be super <laughs> sweet. All right. Last one for you. Go with me here. Marchesa of the Black Rose, Heliod, Suncrowned. All about the creatures coming in, uh, or sorry, me gaining incremental life, throwing the counters on my stuff, which feeds into Marchesa, but still doing a bit of that theft that Marchesa likes to do, but then buffing it because White has so many cards that, hey, when a creature enters the battlefield, gain a life. Or whenever a creature enters the battlefield, Cathar's Crusade, put a plus one, plus one on all creatures you control. Busted, not busted, and why? I think that would actually bridge towards busted because remind me, Heliod, the Heliod you're talking about is the new Heliod, right? Correct. And so that's a three, four curve in your, in the command zone, which is what you want with partners for the most part is you want, you want it to have a curve. So you're not, they're not fighting for the same turn, but then you have like this, Almost the the thing that Marchesa needs that Grixis has to fight for is free. And mm. that, I think, is, like, not only does Athreos give plus one, plus one counters, but, like, you have all of the other ways to, like, just, like, randomly give counters away or whatever. That sounds super sweet. I, I think it would really depend on how you build it and depending okay. on, like, because there's mean Marchesa and there's fine Marchesa, right? Like, sure. there's threatened threaten alter Marchesa where it's like, I'm going to steal all your crap, sacrifice it, but I get it back because that the rules text on that card is busted or like, I'm just going to floop things around. So I think it would really depend (laughs) on that. Nice. Well, I know that you were recently on a stream play games in your actual real life. Are there any game or games that you would like to talk about today with the collect? Yeah. So, uh, super stoked. I was on our stream, uh, on Monday, you can catch our stream every other Monday, uh, twitch.com slash CMD tower uh, in the evenings. And uh, Big Tuck and I were on with Josh from Elder Drunken Highlander and Brandon from MTG Lexicon. And it was nice. a sweet game. It was grindy, grindy. Uh, it was a little it was a little bit of a bummer. So uh, Brandon from MTG Lexicon was playing his Zur Curses deck, which is like a... He, we were talking about it. He said, this is my arch enemy deck. It makes me the arch enemy. And that's the whole point. I want to play arch enemy when I play this deck. <laughs> I was like, whatever, man. Like that, that, yeah, that sounds your great boat, to me. Bud. <laughs> Josh, though, had the sweetest deck at the table. It was okay. so cool. Josh was playing a Raptos dinosaur vampire tribal deck. What? Dinosaur Vampire Tribal. He had Olivia Valderin in the command zone, which has like okay. one R ping something, I think is yeah. like its first ability. It, like it bites which, it. Yeah, like it bites it. He uses Olivia to trigger enrage on dinosaurs. <gasps> oh, that's and then cool. turn them into vampires. And then the only vampires he has in the deck are vampire lords. Oh, wow. So the lords then buff the vampires and like you have captivating vampire. And, sure. There, it was so sweet. Easily the coolest card in that deck is like the little hatchling dinosaur. It's a zero one. And when it's mm-hmm. dealt damage, you make a three, three. Uh, at one point, Brandon put uh, some immortality enchantment on it. Like they gave it indestructible. 
as a mm-hmm. way to like Hang enable Josh and and really despite Tuck, like the arch enemy deck worked in that it made Tuck the arch enemy because art because Tuck was playing his uh, oops all permanent small Drotha deck and uh, started off with like a uh, seal of removal which is blue for blue for an enchantment that says bounce or sacrifice it bounce a creature and spike tail drakeling which is sacrifice counter spell unless they pay two so he was he was the boogeyman from the very beginning uh we got to see some cool stuff happen in that game i'm not going to spoil the ending but we saw a 40 40 tarian mauler that passed around the table like a beach ball at a nickelback concert it was incredible Uh, uh oh what is it um uh, two blue enchantment enchanted creature is goaded and gets plus two plus two when this ETBs uh, scry two. It's one of those like goad enchantments from the commander. Oh, product. you didn't mean like pass around where everyone had to attack with it. Just it was attacking everyone. It was attacking, and people were taking control of it. Oh, okay. It, mm, it was it was crazy. It bounced around the table a bunch uh, through control magics and stuff. Like I was playing my Tatsunari trade binder deck, and it. I was playing control magics and some uh, sweet cards like that. We we all learned together in amazement that if you mutate on top of Kami, the Kami token that Tatsunari makes, yeah, it lets you make more Kamis because the name is different but the text is the same. So, oh my gosh. I, I had a couple froggies out there. Uh, also, had a really cool moment in that game that felt like the biggest brain moment of of my life, I had a chamber of manipulation on a forest, which is an enchantment okay. that discard a card, steal a creature for a turn. I stole Tux Muldrotha. He knew I I'm using the biggest air quotes in all the land. He knew that I was going to uh, recast greater good from the graveyard and sacrifices Muldrotha. I didn't do that. I played a Golgari rock farm from my graveyard to bounce my glass pool mimic land. Okay. So I bounced it back to my hand after I floated mana, then recast Glasspool Mimic as a creature targeting Muldrotha. Legend ruled his Muldrotha and had my own Muldrotha for the rest of the game. Wow. And I got to... Brain play. I felt like the smartest boy in all the land. Uh, That doesn't happen (laughs) all that often, but it was super sweet, super fun game. I believe the VOD is actually up on our Twitch channel somewhere. Um, I was able to send... I think I posted the link on my Twitter too. Um, if you guys want to check out that game, but, uh, it was super fun and really encourage you guys tune in for those, uh, those streams. They're super sweet. Uh, lots of cool guests and lots of cool, lots of cool gameplay and lots of fun interactions. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that sounds great. Uh, so I'm curious out of the four of you who caused the game to be grindy. Clearly it's not vampire dinosaur guy. Was oh, it the in- curses or was so, it talk with his boogeyman? So I, it was really interesting. There was this moment uh, where uh, I was being attacked with a Thief of Sanity from Brandon. Brandon had cast a Thief of Sanity and was attacking me after I had stolen his Thief of Sanity and he got it back. He was attacking me and I looked at Tuck uh, figuratively because we were playing over the computer. And I sure. said, Tuck, don't be a coward. Bounce. <laughs> don't, don't be a coward. Bounce. Bounce the Thief of Sanity. And he thought, and Brandon started threatening him, and I just kept repeating, don't be a coward. Don't be a coward. Do it. And so he bounced it, and then uh, Brandon's whole game plan became, I am going to destroy Tuck. 
So Tuck, Tuck then had to become the arch enemy in order to survive. But Brandon also didn't have enough resources for the majority of the game to do like a bunch of really oppressive stuff because he got stuck on lands early. It was the first time I've ever seen a table basically unanimously agree to let a Rhystic study resolve. Wow. Because we were okay. like, he needs to draw lands. Otherwise, he's just not in this game at all. So I guess we're not paying. Like it was all of us just kind of were on the same page with that. Uh, Even but, Tuck. Tuck, I don't think, could do anything at that moment because he had burned okay. his Drakeling that, that cycle. But uh, yeah, uh, but Tuck was the, ended up being the big bad because he was, he he was, he had a counter spell every turn and a bounce spell every turn. Um, and then he landed his Spore Frog, which that was a the blowoutest play. Play with priority, guys. Play with priority <laughs> in mind. Uh, uh, Dino, Dino Vamps. Swung in for lethal. Uh, I was going to be at two life and he was going to tag Tuck for lethal at the end of the game after Brandon was removed. Uh, I passed priority. I was like, no blocks, pass priority. I'll, if I'm going to win, I'll win at two life. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, Tuck burned the spore frog and with the spore frog's ability on the stack, I responded to it and cast uh, Aetherize and cleaned up the board state, eliminated all the attackers but I waited for that spore frog to go away so that I could tag Tuck on my turn. Nice. Big brain, use priority. Watch priority. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, it was, it was a super guys, fun game. Hope you guys enjoyed that game and video editor. Let's get that link up on the screen uh, to that VOD on Twitch. Also, T Coats, our amazing video editor, will be uh, doing uh, short snippets from our Twitch streams in the future. We're kind of developing what these shorts are going to look like, um, the, the effects, the narration. So you may see those, but definitely you can see the full gameplay um, on our Twitch channel, uh, which the link is on screen. Now, before we head to our next segment, let's hear a little bit about the CMD Tower store. Hey there, Collective. Do you need a new playmat? Do you need some sleeves? Have you been forgetting your upkeep triggers well be sure to head over to cmdtower.com slash merch and be able to pick up all the great swag made for you guys it could be the mr comma number five reminder token it could be the squee mcgee get up and fight coin or heck even our foil playmat or jund holiday sweaters all of it's there go check it out all right now let's head over to what's the play chase all right, so I think we're about 60 days removed from previews completing of Neon Dynasty, and uh, Murphus has seen quite a bit of this out in the wild, um, and we thought it would be good to kind of talk about, okay, let's do like a post-Mirandum impressions to kind of see what he's, you know, seen out there. So, you know, the impact of Kamigawa, Neon Dynasty, and Commander, uh, things that we thought would be popular, things that maybe aren't as popular as we thought. Uh, so, you know, Murphus, let's kind of kick it over, I guess, in a broad sense. How are you viewing Neon Dynasty out in the wild? Yeah, so I was pretty excited for Neon Dynasty during spoilers, even though I started off, if you remember from the the pre or the review show uh, that we did, I, I had mentioned that I had, I was, I was a little bit down on the set when they announced it because Kamigawa was one of my favorite sets when I was a kid and uh, I was blown away. The set, the set's great. Um, but I was a little like, I don't know. I don't know how many of these I'll, I'll see in the wild. Like 
none of these are doing anything too crazy. I mean, Ish in Two Heavens as one was super sweet, like kind of a combat harmonicon. Uh, but outside of that, there weren't a ton of commanders that I was like, oh, this is going to be super rad. Um, there were cards that we knew were going to be great, right? Uh, like the Channel Lands, we were, anybody anybody who saw them was like, oh, those are really good. Um, yeah. But what I've been shocked at is the sheer amount of Kamigawa and the impact it's had. Uh, not only in games I've played in and games I've watched like at our LGS and our local meta, but also like games I've watched in content and stuff. I get content, like we're keeping up with the sets, all that kind of stuff, but it's been sweet. Like I've seen so many sweet, like uh, I think on, on stream Tuck had mentioned, he's seen three different Tatsunari decks, all that were categorically different, like built oh, wow. completely differently, which was uh, to me a sign of a really sweet design, right? Mm -hmm. uh, whenever decks aren't homogenized. Um, but a couple of the the legends that I've seen out in the wild that have been uh, better, worse, or middling than I thought they would be. Tatsunari uh, is a deck I've built. That card is so sweet. It's like an Enchantress deck that can actually close, uh, which is like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like that's for real. Like how many of us have played against the Pillow Fort Enchantress deck and we're like, cool, yeah. you're going to take a 20 minute turn. And take some game actions and move the board state, but none of us are dead. Uh, so this, mm -hmm. so that's pretty sweet. Um, there is a Hanada Don crowned deck in our play group, uh, and um, the person who built it's a good friend, and he was like, "I don't, I don't think this will be super oppressive. Like it's, you know, and it's budget, like super budget. You only have like fifty bucks to spend on it." And he was like, "This is what I can do." That deck is crazy oh yeah like like hinata dawn crowned i i realized that it made interaction from your opponents more expensive i didn't realize how backbreaking that was until i was playing against it hmm. sitting there with a path to exile in my hand leaving one mana open and then getting got on his turn because i didn't leave two mana open like the extra mana matters a lot that's probably why uh what's his name grand arbiter augustine the fourth is so good like yeah that one that one additional mana is way more than one mana um but even like low powered and kind of like budgety that deck still grinds um i've been shocked at just the sheer power level of hanada um not shocked that it can't close that deck that deck cannot end a game to save its life uh until it does uh, so that's been kind of interesting um one of the other things that i've i've thought was uh pretty sweet uh was actually um a friend in our play group uh and one of the hosts of the pondering mages dustin who we we've played magic with dustin uh, he built a Shorakai list, Shorakai Genesis Engine, which is the face commander of the vehicles precon, um, hmm. which is actually the um, fourth most popular uh, commander from Neon Dynasty stuff on EDH wow. deck. Uh, but it is super sweet. Like, it definitely has vehicles. It can definitely crush. But I was shocked at how powerful the tap draw to discard one and make yeah. a pilot is like especially when you have stuff like unwinding clock out there and um it's also notably the best humility commander 
in CEDH um, because all of your vehicles maintain their abilities uh, even when you have humility out. So your commander is still relevant with humility on the board. Um, so that's been really sweet to see people brew around that. Uh, Shorakai is one of my favorite cards that they've printed in the last year. I run it in my Kaikar Kaikars deck and uh, it's really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know if uh, Dustin looked into it, but you know, just looking at that draw, discard, make a pilot. I mean, that seems like a natural thing with like intruder alarm and like xyz piece where it's like uh i mean obviously you don't have green so you can't and, and i'm losing the enchantment where you could tap a creature to add a color to your mana pool um, oh sure uh but i'm sure there's something in well you colorless. have like gold mirror you have gold mirror you have uh some like weird vidalkin thing that adds a mana to activate an ability of an artifact like you have a lot of mana dorks at two in mm. in azorius that add mana that untap with intruder alarm so you just go infinite yeah i was yeah i mean those would be good um i i was even because i don't know what kind of restrictions he put on himself in the deck i don't know if it's a hey it's shudderkai bunch of vehicles and i'm not doing creatures because my pilots are my creatures or if people put like weird things on there but that seems like that goes infinite with intruder alarm and anything that can that's a creature that could generate a mana or a way to tap those pilots to make mana. Uh, that just seems busted. Yeah. I, and I'm thinking of cards even as, as innocuous as um, a spring leaf drum, right? Like spring leaf drum does that. It turns your pilots into mana. Uh, it doesn't untap every time, but just for instance, like small, sure. small kind of niche cards that you wouldn't mm -hmm. think about playing are seeing play because Shurikai exists. And Having slammed into somebody with a double striking Shurikai before, I can confirm Shurikai uh, feels great in combat <laughs> and outside of combat. So that's pretty cool. Um, but I, you know, in our in our review, we talked about uh, a lot of cards. Um, the cards that I I mean, everybody called that Beseju was going to be great, but Ottawara, like the blue channel land, has been busted. It's been yeah. so good, and it's actually the second highest played card from uh, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty oh, wow. on EDA Trek, um, which totally that totally checks for me. That card's mm -hmm. great. It's free. It's an island. Uh, well, it's not like island, but it basically an island. Um, yeah. Now um, you haven't played any games with Kamigawa, but I have seen a lot of it out in the wild. Everything. Um, but we're both around. We're around in the content sphere. We we see things. We hear things. Um, what are some of just your impressions on like the popularity of some of these cards and commanders in in the format? So it's interesting. Um, whether it be Twitter or Facebook, um, you know, I'm a part of several like magic groups there or Reddit. I actually don't see. I didn't see as much talk about Neon Dynasty as past sets which i found very interesting I, I don't know why that is um it seemed like during preview season it was just through the roof everyone's brewing what are we trying to do oh my gosh this card got previewed but then honestly once the set dropped it just kind of disappeared about the only thing i hear about is you know i'll hear about you know chase lands you know those uh alternate art lands are sweet 
from yeah. Neon Dynasty. So I see a lot of that. And I have seen a lot of the vehicles pre-con, uh, people talking about that. Oh my gosh, I could finally do um, the uh, Zord, I can, the Megazord from Power yeah, the Megazords. That's super cool. And so I've seen a lot of that type of stuff, but in terms of like, oh my gosh, you have to see this card or this card is a lot more impactful than I thought it was. I actually haven't seen anything, which maybe that's a sign that Wizards actually built a very fair and balanced set. And so there's really nothing for the super vocal people to like put up on a pedestal. Yeah, I, I think that's right. So when you actually look at EDH rec, which is pretty representative of what people are actually aspiring to play, whether they play it or not, or build it, like there's a bunch of decks yep. that I have on Architect that I have no intention of ever <laughs> building. But there's some aspirational value and some data value to that. After you get through the channel lands and farewell, which is like the Uber board wipe uh, from from uh neon dynasty things are pretty middling like a lot of the like played cards are in the in between two and three thousand decks and which is like that's a good amount but that's a pretty small number overall of decks in the database um and i think i think you're exactly right i think what that means is that the set had enough balanced designs that even the busted effects aren't overpowered i think of like jin cataxius yep. right that card's effect is brutal like it's a brutal yeah. piece but it costs 7 mana yeah like and it's not nearly as explosive as something like uh jim jin cataxius core auger that draws you seven, an additional 7 right like yep. it's and eliminate your opponent's hand. It's a lot more of a balanced effect, even if it is brutal. Uh, Lion Sash is another one of the most played cards, and it's just scavenging use. It's a white scavenging mm-hmm. use, which is great for white decks, but doesn't matter for any decks that aren't white. Um, the card I'm super surprised isn't seeing as much like more play than it is, though, is actually the reality chip. Have you like I don't know, collective, have you read that card? Anybody in the collective read that card? That card's super sweet. Are you talking about just reality shift? Reality chip. The, chip. Our, our favorite equipment jellyfish legendary creature. Uh, <laughs> like that card is great. It's great at all all uh, power levels or ends of the format where it's doing good things, bordering from good to busted, depending on what your board position is. But like it's only in, uh, as of uh, this recording, 3,091 decks out of... Hmm however many hundred thousands of decks are on ETH rec. So I just think that's interesting. I think you're right. Like people were super stoked and I've seen some content creators talking about like their it sweet ish index and some, you know, uh, uh, one of our, our, uh, regular guests, uh, uh, ultra budget brews built a Goshintai enchantments deck and it's, it's it's an it's a shrine deck. I I don't know what to tell you. Like it's it's just doing the enchantment thing. It's just doing yeah. it a little bit better than it was before. Um. So yeah, I I the the set feels much better and much more balanced outside of the channel lands. The channel lands should have like entered the battlefield tapped or something. They are they're great. It's it if I didn't have like some like rules on myself in terms of like not having like the same cards in every deck, those cards would be in every deck. There's no reason not to run them. So, you know, what I'm curious on is 
So I didn't play when OG Kamigawa was out. Um, and I am throwing this out of left field for you. But I heard the set was trash. Like the whole block was just garbage. Very poor cards. It was like, so some people say it was like some of the worst play in standard, you know, up there with, I don't know. I always hear about Eldrazi Winter, but I'm pretty sure that's a modern thing. Um, so how does Neon Dynasty compare to the old sets? Not from a flavor and feel, but from an actual playability. Do you think Wizards learned from the mistakes last time they visited Kamigawa? I think so. I mean, there's been a lot of conversation about like the, like from a flavors design, right? Like they had cultural consultants and all this kind of stuff. Um, Play-wise, the set's super deep and really fun. I've been actually back basically after about halfway through Midnight Hunt Limited, I wasn't on Arena because especially when Crimson Val came out, I was like, oh, this set doesn't seem fun to draft like at all. Yeah. Um, I've been like chomping at the bit to draft Kamigawa Neon Dynasty because the I've played with ninjas. I've played with artifacts. I've played with modified. Like it has a lot of play to it, but I think on the constructed end of it, um, I don't know about standard or historic, right? Because those are whole different things. But yeah, the cards are at playable mana costs, and it seems like they. So, like, I, I think of like Soul Shift, right? Soul Shift was a mechanic from OG Kamigawa that let you. When a spirit died, if it had Soul Shift 7, you could pick up a spirit with CMC 6 or less from your graveyard and put it in your hand. So it kind of lets you okay. recur and green card advantage. Sure. All those cards were so um, so poorly costed. Like they were so like a 4-4 four, four with Soul Shift 5 might cost 8 mana. That kind of oh, thing. Like God. It, it, was, yeah. it was basically unplayable, even though it was super sweet. And here yeah. they've made the super sweet things playable, specifically with ninjas and vehicles. Like those were the two big gets for this block, and they made them playable um, without like destroying formats, which is really neat to see. Um, I will say to your point, first of all, Eldrazi Winter was uh, one of my favorite times in Modern because it was when Infect was really good, and I loved playing Infect in Modern. Uh, you monster. Yeah, I was playing Turbo Infect with like four Gataxian Probe and four Mutagenic Growth. Just like turn one, let's go. Who who can load their shotgun first? Um, and I, if we have time later, I'll share a story from my time playing during Eldrazi Winter uh, that might be why people don't like playing randos at LGSs. But we'll 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 see we'll see how that goes. Uh, but Kamigawa Block was overshadowed predominantly because of affinity standard. So standard was at that time, it was Mirrodin Kamigawa, uh, which is actually when I stopped playing competitive like magic back in the day, because I didn't have a Ravager affinity deck. Like that wasn't something that I played and you had either the Ravager affinity deck or you had like the gruel wreck your artifacts and hit you with five fives deck. And those were your those were your options. Like you were main decking uh, four oxidize in that format, which is like one mana destroy an artifact sorcery. I think like that's how offensive that standard was. And it's a lot of people have said that that standard format was part of what put wizards on the brink during that era because um, it was it was so bad. It was very much akin to like 
Urza Saga like uh, combo winter kind of thing. And then Eldrazi winter was pretty bad, but also that was one of the sweetest pro tours I've ever seen in my life. So I don't know. Um, but all, all that to say, long answer to your question, this is such a well-designed set with so many playable cards that are not busted. So like I, I think of uh, Sataru Omizawa, which is like the ninja give everything ninjutsu card. In previous season, people were talking about like that was going to bust the format in half because I think that's how magic players are. I don't know. Is that just how we talk? Do we just talk about I think everything? it is. I, it's I think, either it's busted or it's garbage. It's one or the other. Right. It has to be one or the other. It cannot be just good or okay. Uh, but it turns out, much like many other magic cards that are either trash or busted, it's exactly okay. It's totally fine. It does some powerful stuff. I've seen the same Blightsteel Colossus be ninjutsued three times in a turn cycle, like in a in a combat kind of thing playing with ninjutsu rules, you know, like it's just kind of the, the weirdness of it. Is that card busted? If you let yourself get attacked by a Blightsteel Colossus, it probably feels like it's busted, <laughs> but dude, play path to exile. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all of these, all of these legends in particular that are enabling like new strategies or powering up old strategies have foils that, and the foil to all these legends is, play good cards like and and so i think that that's a really sweet place to be with design where common common staple level removal or interaction can actually keep some of these decks in check um i would say goshintai is probably one of the least like that because it snowballs so quick um well it snowballs so hard i don't know that it does it quickly but it snowballs hard all right. Well, um, I hopefully will get to see some of these cards at some point. Uh, you know, it seemed like when we used to play weekly and people were playing at LGSs, you know, a set would come out and you would actually get to see the cards potentially. Uh, but now that we're still kind of in this, like, kind of opening up and trying to go see people again, uh, but then, like, money's gotten so tight because, like, the war and gas prices and, and everything's crazy, people aren't, you know, upgrading their decks as quickly as we used to and sets are coming out faster than a catholic family does children um so it's just hard to keep up so it's great that you've been able to have an experience with it and been able to share with everyone i hope that i'll be able to see some of this soon i might just have to go into the quarantine battlegrounds and see if the collective have upgraded their decks with this so i can at least see it um but yeah that was awesome well guys let's head over to our final segment but before we do let's hear a little bit about our awesome patron community do you like cmd tower content do you wish you could have more of it well you should head over to our patreon patreon.com slash cmd tower that's where we really lean on the community for help and running our channel but also giving back to you as well so for just literally a buck a month you can join and get tons of soft value opportunities to be on the show interact with the collective in our very lively chat and then for even just five fifteen or twenty five bucks you're gonna get swag you're gonna get rk post tokens really it's one of the best values out there patreon.com slash cmd tower all right now let's head over to see what was brewed in what's the plane chase the weatherland Yeah, so for the Weatherlight Report, we have a spicy one. We have everybody's acknowledged strongest color pair in Magic the Gathering. You can quote me. Please don't. Uh, 
Boros Gerard, Gerard Weatherlight Hero. Uh, this card has uh, 241 decks on the EDH rec database. It is not a very built card. <laughs> uh, and for good reason. It is very medium. Uh, and it's ranked 716. Gerard Weatherlight Hero says, uh, first of all, it costs four, uh, which is a lot for what this card does. Uh, so two in a Boros. First strike, 3-3 three, three legendary creature, human soldier. When Gerard Weatherlight Hero dies, exile it and return to the battlefield all artifacts and creature cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn. So it's a little bit of like a wrath insurance kind of, uh, kind of ability. And I, I think it's funny. Do you think the few deck numbers is because when this card technically came out, the rules committee hadn't changed the uh, commander rule the death or exile. I, it happened post Gerard and I actually think this card's kind of sweet. So the Godfather actually has a Gerard weatherlight hero deck, but it's board wipe dot deck. So it's all these artifacts, all these equipment. And it's just like, oh, I don't like what's happening. Let me board wipe. And Gerard used to be crap. Cause it's like, if you want his effect to work, you actually have to exile him. But now with the rules change, you can just put him back in the command zone. Do you think that maybe is, messing with the numbers a bit because we get so much content potentially people forgot about him uh maybe so i think too that part of this part of him not being built so much is the play patterns so uh gerard gerard is a deck when you look on its eda adh rec page cares a lot about sacrificing stuff and uh it actually reads a lot like a deck that totally scrambled the tournament scene. And I use scrambled intentionally as a pun because I'm talking about eggs. Eggs was a, a deck that was banned from the modern scene, not because it was huh. overpowered. It was very strong, but not because it was OP. It was banned because it slowed the games to a place where they were unplayable, unwatchable stuff like it just wasn't good gameplay it wasn't good viewer uh good for viewers good for content um and you would have people taking 20 minute turns at a table and rounds going to time um but it's my contention that gerard uh can actually be a super fun commander like the the other deck i should say is like the board wipe dot deck and i think that that deck can be really fun if it can close Yes. Like one of my pet peeves, uh, what really grinds my gears is <laughs> uh, is the person who board wipes passes the turn with nothing to follow up. Like hmm. if you're going to board wipe, unless you are literally about to die, if you just value board wipe and you don't progress the game state and like put yourself up cards, you're actually just behind still. And you, you've effectively turned what might be five minutes left into a game into 30, uh, which is not great. It's not a great look. Mm -hmm. um, but it's my contention that Gerard can actually be super fun uh, and interesting and built in a way that doesn't just slow the game down. Um, cool. Well, what are some of the cards that we got to put in there? Yeah. So I'll say this. All of the good sack outlets, this is a sacrifice deck. This Gerard deck that I have envisioned is a sacrifice deck and all the good sack outlets are Orion's EDH, right? You have Goblin Bombardment, the Altars, Grinding Station, what have you. And you have like Loyal Retainers and some staple stuff. World Slayer. I don't know if you've ever played a World Slayer in a deck before, but it is Chef's uh, Kiss. 
literally, we did the Godfather's uh, Gerard deck a year and change ago for White Elephant Month, and literally we put World Slayer in the deck, and he actually executed with World Slayer and Gerard and a ton of stuff, and he got it all back. It was so sad. Oh, man. It is so sweet. I used to run World Slayer in a Zergo uh, Helm Smasher deck. Of course you would, you like, monster. I, I was a monster. That was like the one Marty deck I've ever built, and it was it was a catastrophe. Um, <laughs> so all of the good sack outlets and the stapley cards are on that page. Um, but I want to talk about a strategy that can close and close really fast. So the first card we're talking about is Arcbound Reclaimer. I don't think I've heard of this one. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet one. Uh, this is from that OG Mirrodin block. And it is a four mana artifact, uh, artifact creature golem that's a zero zero with modular two. So it ETBs, uh, it ETBs with two plus one plus one counters on it. Uh, and when it's put into the graveyard, you may put its plus one plus one counters on target artifact creature. Um and this card specifically has the ability to remove a counter from it to put target artifact card from your graveyard on top of your library. So it can create create some like half card advantage. But this is an arcbound tribal deck. Oh, okay. This is this is an arcbound aggro deck. Your goal is to get these arcbound creatures out, start sacrificing them specifically mid combat in order to buff an unblocked creature. Um you also have uh, the second card on my list is Scrapyard Recombiner, which is a modular card, a sack outlet, and a tutor all in one. Um, <laughs> it so does everything. It, it's like a Swiss Army knife. It is the Swiss Army knife of bad, 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 bad <laughs> modular creatures. Uh, but it does exactly what this deck wants to do. It it can find your. Um, your uh what's it called your altar your phyrexian altar it can find uh arcbound ravenger so you have like an unlimited sack outlet it can find a grafted exoskeleton which is my third card so is grafted exoskeleton i didn't know that was a construct oh yeah no it can only find constructs ah egg on my face Uh, hold on we got it it was uh, a joke the whole time. It was a joke the <laughs> whole time. Uh, but it, it can find meaningful things. Yep. But the big thing is that it's a sack outlet with module. Yep. So like you're able to move counters around at will during combat. And this is kind of representative of some of the other niche sack outlets. The card you're looking for when you do tutor with something like, uh, uh, what is it? Um, empty the Empty the armory is Grafted Exoskeleton, which is a 4 CMC. Uh, you're shaking your head. It's like you know what this does. What What is this yeah, card well, yeah, it, It's It's funny because you talked earlier about how Eldrazi Winter was your favorite because of Infect, and here we are with an Infect card. It, it's like Kismet. It, it is exactly Kismet. It's like I knew where the show notes were going. <laughs> um, so... Uh, this card is super sweet, and it gives one of your creatures infect. So if you put this this boy on a, you slap that exoskeleton on a one one gold mirror, and you swing in. Most people are okay taking one infect, but with Gerard on the battlefield, you can move so many counters around so quickly. It's really easy to shotgun somebody with like a thirteen thirteen or a fourteen fourteen gold mirror with infect. Um, so not something to sleep on. The fourth card 
Well, oh, well, and I think the other thing to add about this card is the negative for it. I actually think it's a positive for this deck because sometimes you can get in a position and I don't do a ton of sacrifice decks, but I do have some like my Shirai deck and or my Carador deck. And sometimes you get put in this bind of like, I don't have any way to sacrifice my the this creature because the only sack outlets I have are artifact sack outlets or enchantment sack outlets or token sack outlets, whatever it is. Grafted Exoskeleton, when it becomes unattached from a permanent, you have to sack that permanent. So it could be one of those things where it's like, I don't have a way to sack Gerard, but I have this loop or this rigmarole that I can do. Let me do it, and then I'll pay four mana, two to equip Gerard with Grafted. Maybe I swing just to see what happens. Oh, nothing happens. Let's pay two, unattach it, put it onto something else. Gerard gets sacked. I get everything back. So I, I think it actually can kind of do double duty. It could be a closer, and it could actually just be a sack outlet. Yeah, it's a slow sack outlet, but it is a sack outlet. And I think yeah. that that's pretty important is this is not, let's be let's be honest. If we're really honest with ourselves, this is not a deck I'm going into a random pod with and being like, I'm going to be able to compete. This is a deck <laughs> I'm going into a random pod with and saying, whoever pisses me off first. you guys play with first, precons? You guys play with precons? Uh, this card is weaker than the average precon, or this deck. Uh, can't <laughs> confirm. I built this deck. This deck is weaker than the average precon. But when it does its thing to that one person who pisses you off first, oh, it, it feels like the best. Uh, so the uh, the fourth card we're going to talk about here is actually Zabaz the Glimmer Wasp which is the Boros Modular Commander from, I believe that's uh, Modern Horizons Modern Dopes. Horizons 2. That's right. Yep. Um, modular 1 Insect uh, with, uh, if a modular ability is triggered uh, and one or more counters would be placed on a creature you control, place that many plus one instead. So it buffs your modular ability, but it also has red destroy target artifact you control, so you can trigger your modular, and it has white give it flying until end of turn. This is representative of your evasive threats. You want little 1-1 one, one flyers, and you want little little pokey things, because you're not always winning with infect. A lot of times you're winning with just combat damage, and yep. so you want to be able to get in for chip damage, which is something that's greatly underestimated in Commander is the impact of uh, chip damage. Um, the last card that I wanted to pose is Chandra's Ignition. Oh my gosh, get out of here. Yeah, and this is... This this does a lot of different things. If you have Infect, this can infect everybody out. But I have this here as the closer. Like, if you have like... A, Let's say it's like turn five or six. People are down to like, yeah, I'm at 20 life. I'm at 14 life. I'm at, you know, six life, something like that. Because you've been doing the good Boros thing. You've been getting chip damage in. You've been being aggro. Hitting your 10-10 mirror, uh, gold mirror with a Chandra's Ignition can just close the game out for a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. And even using it not as a finisher, but as a way to pressure life totals is not nothing. Uh, so... Highly recommend this, uh, and it can also board wipe other creatures. Yeah, I was going to say, and the, the last thing on this card, um, is this a card that you're always casting on not Gerard because you yes. want him to die because most likely everything else of yours is going to die? Yeah, in a in a pinch, this is also a sack outlet. Like, this is going to destroy your yeah. board, including Gerard. You hit his trigger, 
return everything back. So it becomes a one-sided board wipe with all of the additional value of having modular creatures and whatever else. Um, and I will say, if you're building this deck, do not forget your loyal retainers at home. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played with the interaction with uh, Gerard and loyal retainers, but it's silly and rules lawyery and feels great. Um, <laughs> but that card's also $54 or something stupid. So Ugh, um, gross. Yeah, it's it's gross. Uh, but it's kind of like a Boros Aristocrats deck, which I thought was pretty interesting. That's not really a strategy that you see all that often. No, um, not really. And it has the way, like it rewards tight play, which is what I really appreciate in decks I build is rewarding tight play. Awesome. Well, it sounds very different from the one that the Godfather has. And that's the thing I love about EDH. Just because you have a legend in the command zone doesn't mean that the rest of the 99 even remotely looks the same. Well, guys. Thanks for staying with us. And as always, remember to support your news team by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, and sharing our posts and content. You can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 news team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and our website, cmdtower.com. You can communicate directly with the team at cmdtower, at Mr. Commodore 5, all spelled out except for the five, at Murphus Alvi MTG, and at underscore T Coats. For your MTG Action 4 news team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.